don't have no money and you've got no food in your house and you're desperate and you'd even just say, please, could someone help me? Unless they have that discernment or the sense God would lead some people sometimes. But sometimes you just need to cry out for help. You can be drowning in debt, drowning in depression, drowning in... What happens when some people in depression, they, they hide away isolation and they, they're locked away and they, no one even knows. They don't even want anyone to call them, man. You want to hide away behind and you're suffering and you're drowning. And the battle is real. How many of you know the battle is real? I mean, this, this, this stuff happens to everybody, whether you're at the top. Especially people think when you're... Maybe, maybe because you're, you're, you're this person or you maybe have this title... It, you never, trust me, more pastors are, 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 shoot, are killing themselves now, you hear in the news. People of high position, you're thinking, how do they keep that, you know? Have you noticed, uh, in township, uh, when you look at Obama, when he became president, he had his, his hair was all black, and then he's now all a gray man. And the guy's not even 60 yet. Tony Blair just got gray over, I mean, it's over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, David, David Cameron didn't work that much, so he still got his hair. I'm only joking. But in reality, the pressure of life, if you do anything for it, I mean, pressure is real. And the strategy for pressure is you have to have, when we talk about stress, you have to have a strategy to deal with it and a structure also to be able to manage it. God puts systems in place to help you to relieve the pressure. Relieve the pressure. You've got pressure on your brain. There's surgeons that can relieve it. You've got pressure in your car. You've got a mechanic. So, you know, in any aspect of life, there's, you've got pressure. You've got pain in your mouth. You go to the dentist. There's somebody that can help you. As what, there's a program my wife and I were watching last week, and, and there's these guys that help people financially. And this husband and wife were having some problems because the mother had left the house to him and his sister. And... Um, he, his wife had a council property, and and a long and short is that she want the wife wants him to invest in purchasing her property because if you live in a council house for such and such a time you can you can you can buy it, right? And, and but he wants now to get his sister to sell him the house that he's inherited at a lower rate because she's offered that, and the wife is upset because she's thinking no he should be putting his money in this council property that they can buy as their own. and So they called in, you know, this TV program was about these people that help you financially. And so they called these people in and just with a conversation, they worked out a strategy. And everything was all cushy, everything was all lovely. But, you know, sometimes when you go into, you don't know how to get out of it, let's call in, who's an expert. And they were able to sit them down and say, you know, I've got good news for you. We can, we can work this out. How many of you know sometimes you just need to talk to someone? Well, it's in a multitude of of counselors, there's safety. Sometimes you just need someone just to, can I just have a word with you? Or go seek someone out who can help you. But sometimes the warfare that you're going through, it can be resolved easily. The others, that's not that easy because it's deeply embedded and rooted. But we have to work with what we've got. But what I must first recognize, there is a battle. Because it was causing them all kind of strife. She was arguing with him and he was arguing with her and whatever, whatever. But we need to be mindful that we have the victory so we move on from recognizing and we talk the next one is about identifying the enemy's strategy and then we talked about three things that is helpful to identify when you experience a demonic attack the first one is this is that what is the means what is the enemy using isaiah 54 17 says no weapon forged against you will prosper amen 
yeah, we we not, we got to understand that the enemy is, is forming. What is he using against me? What is he using to fight me? So the emphasis here is what or who is the enemy using in this situation to fulfill his purpose? If you're going through a warfare, you've got to think in, what is it that's coming against me? And who is being used? What is the, you know, Samson's case, he had Delilah. He didn't even know it until it was too late. But the enemy will use a what or a who. You've got to check that out. Because in identifying, you want to know what is the formula. Is it personal? Is this a personal attack? It may be something physical such as even your health. You need to check it out thinking, what is this? Sometimes as you get older, you begin to find things don't work like how they used to. <laughs> how, can I get any help in here? Is it just, yeah, come on now. But the emphasis is like, I need to not be silent. I need to go check it out. Some guys don't like going to the doctor. I don't know about the sisters. They, they got the doctor for anything. But, sorry, forgive me, isn't it? That, that saved your life a lot. You know, like my wife was insisting, when is your appointment? I'm like, what's it got to do with you? It's none of your business. Leave me alone. She's emphasizing, when is your next appointment? Like, none of your business. It's none of my business. But in reality, she wants to know, you know. You know, you could, uh, it could be kind of like double jeopardy. Man, if I die, you get everything. Simple. Sign it over to you. <laughs> Yeah, then she'll hide the letter. Never mind. Um, so, means. Is there a circumstance or personal or person external to you, such as a work colleague, family member, or even weather or traffic? There's stuff that happens that provokes. And how you respond in all this is important. You've got to check this out. Don't do it. Don't suffer in silence. The emphasis is don't suffer in silence. Second point of identifying the enemy strategy is the mandate. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Don't be ignorant to the devices of Satan. Where there is a battle, there is bounty. If there is warfare going on, you know the enemy will be after something. What exactly is the enemy after? Have you ever been in a contest? Sometimes you find people, um, they get into fight after funerals. What is the enemy after? It's not after you lot. He's after the bounty. He's after something. There's always something that someone's after. They want property. They want favor. There's something. You've got to, you've got to understand what is the mandate? What is the, what's the reason for all this kerfuffle? You, know, you find there's battles even sometimes in the church thinking, what are you after? Sometimes it's position. Sometimes it's prominence. Sometimes it's, you never know what it's after. Thinking, if I understand what the enemy's after, I can fight better. I can determine if I really want to fight. I'm thinking, is that what you want? Here it is. Fight done. Defused. And sometimes when they get it, because they don't have the unction for it, they can never keep it. Because <laughs> if God didn't give it to you, you're not going to have the grace to follow through. You understand what I'm saying? So don't fight for something that God never ordained. Because if he didn't ordain, I'm not going to come fighting for your wife. God didn't give it to me. You know, there's a grace that God gives you for anything he gives, you know what I'm saying? Anything he gives you, he gives you the grace to run the race. So he enables you to be more than a conqueror in that lane. Run in your own lane. You follow what I'm saying? Mo Farah doesn't run 100 meters. He can, but that's not his speciality. 
to know what we're after. What is he after? Does he want to compromise or destroy your ministry, your call, your sanity or your health, your marriage or family relationships? Is he after your peace with God? What was Delilah really after? You think Delilah was, you think the idea was just to cut his hair? Delilah was just an assassin. Her assignment was to find out his secret and give it not for, it wasn't for her own personal gain. Her personal gain was to get the money, but it was for the lords of the Philistines that employed her because they wanted to put a stop to this man who was a thorn in their flesh. It was the war of the gods, like I said on Friday. The battle really line was drawn because it was Satan versus God. And you are the God person that he is, you are the person that God has placed in a particular environment. He's placed you here and he's saying, listen, you need to protect the realm. So Satan, when he comes after you, what he's after is really after God's. He doesn't want you, the God person, to advance the kingdom because he placed you here to advance the kingdom. And if he can cut you off, if he can distract you by girls, guys, gold or glory, he will pull you away from your destiny. And then God's advancement is not aborted, so to speak, is, is stalled in a particular region. You know when people in their prime get cut off because they're distracted? Look at Prince Andrew right now. This is the prince's, this is the queen's favorite son because he's the first son born to her while she was queen. So she, I mean, she, you know, she's the one who's just pulled him, everyone's now dropping him like hot potato. What was the enemy really after? He didn't realize, he didn't know what he was going into. We see the enemy is very strategic. That's why you have to pray over your children. You've got to pray over their future because just one person can just deviate them from the path that God has set. You have to pray over them and intercede and pray that they stay on the, the path of righteousness. Amen. And the third bit was the message. What is the enemy saying? Now the serpent, Genesis 3, 1 says, Now the serpent said to the woman, Did he say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? When under pressure, ask yourself, What is the message Satan wants me to believe? Because he always has a message. So what, he has a means, he has a mandate, but he has a message. He's always saying, did God really say that though? He's after something. What does he want me to believe? He wants me to believe a lie. What is he saying? He's identi- what, what is he saying? Identify any battle going on in your mind. What is, what's some of the stuff going on in your head? What have you been hearing? Who's been speaking to you the last five days? What have you been reading? Thinking the enemies, if you have, especially if you're going through warfare, think about what you're thinking about. What I've been watching that's causing you to behave. I remember the times when I used to watch two and a half men, and I used to find I used to have a real bad attitude towards my wife. Because it's a misogynist comedy. It's funny. Charlie Sheen and whatever, and it's all kind of, you know, you know, I like comedy. But I used to find every time I watched it, the spirit of the program would affect me. And I realized. Can watch that. Even I used to like watching Charmed when I was younger. You know, back in there when they started just bewitching from. Then I find I can't watch it. You know, sitting, don't watch it. It's all about witchcraft. Just it's just being innocent to the normal person. But as I'm watching it, because I'm so sensitive to spiritual things, I realize uh, even the new Sabrina, the witch, the teenage witch, it got to a point where when, it's, when the program gets so dark, I find I can't watch it. It goes into deep witchcraft, and it's very subtle. Then my spirit starts to clash with it, resistance, thinking, no, I can't put this on, can't watch it. 
So you've got to be careful. Even And so as, as you go grow deeper with God, you find there are certain things you can't watch. You can't tolerate certain things in your, in your sphere. You're thinking, no. Conversations, no. Stop. You have to guard it. Because what you hear is important. It affects your... Even your ears. I was doing, when I was doing science, reading about the ear. is so amazing. Goes into your throat, into your... I mean, oh my God. The design, that's why I know that God is the creator because it's so, it's so specific. The intricacy, the detail God put into the ear. Amazing. Yeah. Are, are you learning anything? The enemy usually wants us to give up. How many of you know that? And he will do it by subtlety. He will, he will find a way... To get you to quit. You'd be amazed how people can just all, all of a sudden think, you know what, I ain't coming back to church. You know what, I'm finished with this marriage. You know what, I don't want this job anymore. People walk off jobs not even considering who's going to pay the bills. Gets you to, as a child, you just walk out of class, don't care. And then the more time you're in suspension or you're in um, seclusion, you're missing out on learning. Because what is he trying to do? While you're being hot-headed, he's cut you off from your progression. You understand what I'm saying? This is what we're talking about, identifying their enemy. We, he's very subtle. What's he trying to get me to believe? What are the tapes that are playing in my head? Got to be careful. That's why you got to be careful who, who you speak to. The Bible said, the blessed man is one who stands not in the way of the sinner nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You understand? You can't. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Who's counseling you? We have all these mates and friends and they, they counsel you. Uh, sometimes I get, I'll be, I'm amazed at some of the, how God does some, Sometimes the people that speak the most sense to me are not even church people. Come on now. So sometimes we think church would always tell you the right thing. <laughs> I remember I was talking to one of my friends from school and we are talking about someone I knew, you know, someone I used to, date and we're just talking and he, he just gave me a scenario he painted a picture for me that was so clear it was bright as bright could be I was like oh he sold me he just gave me an insight into something that I never really thought thought of but he could see and he, he was just speaking so Ian don't even think about that the way he kind of just laid it out so plain in the language that I could understand I was thinking thank you you got to understand that God needs to, you need to be around people that will speak life into you and keep you on the straight and narrow. Are you understand what I'm saying? So the enemy usually wants you to give up, and you might not recognize his example where you cut to the point you're thinking, I can't do it. Have you ever said that before? I can't do it, man. Or you say it's hopeless. Someone else could do this better than me. Did God really say that? Did he really call me? Did he really heal me? Doubts come in. Note that the enemy often speaks in the first person. We think it is us. Many times you want to quit. The devil is a liar. The, the third bit is C, which speaks about combat. How many of you know that in the midst of spiritual warfare, you have to be, you're not dressed in the whole armor of God to look pretty. People say, I'm dressed in the whole armor of God and I've got my suit on, I look good in uniform. No, it's not for you. The, the, the armor of God is not just uniform for you to look good. You're dressed for battle. It's about combat. Finally, be, finally Ephesians 6, 10 to 11. Be strong in the Lord and the power and his mighty power, or the power of his might. Put on the whole 
the full armor of God so that he can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Someone was saying to me the other day that, that, you know, they got my back because the armor doesn't cover my back. I said, let me tell you something, my dear. The Bible says the full armor. And I had to send him a picture of the armor that the Roman soldier wore. Every aspect is covered. God ain't going to give you a full armor and your back is... He's got your back. I, I, say, I, un, I understand your sentiment, though. Thank you. But I have to correct you. Because he's got my back. I'm covered. Look at your name and say, you're covered. You're covered. You're not, there's no gate. There's no gap. There's no gap there. There's no gap. You've got the full armor on. You're ready for battle. You're ready to fight. I'm here to stir you up to, once you identify the enemy, get ready for the next level is I recognize, I identify you. I see you. I know your means. I know your mandate. I know your message. And now I'm ready for combat. Now time to take action. Can I just run through quickly some key, some key things about combat? The first thing you need to do is to recommit to God. For you're going to combat, you have to recommit yourself to God. The Bible says in James 4, 7 to 8, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Remember, you won't wage warfare. You cannot wage warfare in your own strength, but in Jesus' authority. We must say that we are yielded to his authority. Then it is of great importance in our first act of warfare. We have to know that if I'm going to fight the devil... I have to be submitted to God while I'll be defeated. I've got to take ownership, secondly. When a battle is occurring, we need to take ownership of our own part. Spiritual warfare is not a reason to blame the devil for our less than perfect responses. <sighs> Examples of things we need to acknowledge are the lies we have listened to. If you sat in a company of fools and listened to people's lies, sometimes you find it's hard for someone to come out of the rut of a cult. You sat around people who's been negative and just poured in lies and, and dogma into your ears. That's totally from hell. It's hard to get up and move away from that. And sometimes we allow inroads we have allowed in relationships. If you've been laying down with dogs, you're going to have fleas. It means you're going to have to be disinfected. Come on. If someone's been infected, you've got to be disinfected. That's why you cannot allow anyone to come back into the camp. If someone is in your circle and they break rank, Disqualify them from your circle. Let them go get quarantined. And when you come out of quarantine, then you can join the group on probation. Biblical account. Moses and his sister, Miriam. Miriam had a lot to say, and God said, okay. She said what she said. I'm going to give her a douse of leprosy. In leprosy, you have to come outside the camp, stay out of the camp. And Moses interceded for her, and God says, no. As much as you may have forgiven her, she needs to stay out there and let her be quarantined. Before she, and she never, after that, you never hear about Miriam again. Even though she came back in, you never hear about her mentioned in Scripture. Apart from the time when she dies. Isn't that sad? You've got to be careful who you listen to. You can lose everything. Miriam was leading worship. She was a, she was a prophetess. She had powerful ministry. But the enemy spoke into her ears with her brother Aaron. Even Aaron... After that, you find that he's just gone. Take ownership. Our sin of discouragement, fear, and condemnation, and so on, we have to deal with it. We have to take ownership. Number three, watch out for disagreement when you're going into combat. This may sound strange, but getting into an opposing position in times of attack is critical. You're often the hardest thing to do. We have to get into a place of 
opposing position. Lord, they're coming at me with hate. And God is saying, I want you to love them. That's hard, isn't it? When someone, to, to, to fight in the opposing spirit. Someone's coming at you with war and you're extending a hand, the olive branch of peace. So the Bible says, when your enemy is hungry, what should you do? When he's thirsty, do what? Wow. <laughs> wow, you know, only God can do that. Only God. Help me, Jesus. Ah, let me just jump down to the last one. We will capture this. I'm mindful I'm out of time. The final acronym, E, enlist. 2 Corinthians 1, 10 to 11. We need to have people in our lives. Let me just read it quickly. 2 Corinthians 1. Are you still here? Lord, help us. This is spiritual warfare. It's deep. It's heavy. But we have to win this fight. This we've already won the fight. We just need to really, you know, let the enemy know that we know. Yeah. First, 2 Corinthians 1, 10 to 11. Uh, let me give a different translation here. These English versions always mess up stuff. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Corinthians. Hallelujah. King James. So who delivered me, sorry, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us. So there are people who are praying for us. That for the gift bestowed upon us by, let me just give another transition. This, this is just too mealy mouthed. Yeah, let's find something else. Verse 10. He has rescued us from terrifying encounters with death, and now we fasten our hopes on him to continue to deliver us from death yet again, as you labor together with us through prayer, because there are so many interceding for us. Our deliverance will cause even more people to give thanks to God. What a gracious gift of mercy surrounds because of your prayers. This final bit enlists. I need, you need, we need people in our circle to pray for us. You need to enlist people. Sometimes you're going through tough times thinking you can't even pray, thinking, God, I need to, who can I call upon to pray for me? Do you have anyone that can pray for you? We were never meant to stand alone as Christians. Look at your neighbor and say, we're never meant to stand alone. Tell them, I need you, man. I need you. I need you in my life. I need you. We're called to work together. When spiritual warfare is occurring, find a safe place. Find safe people who can support you. This can include a leader who can pray for you and advise you. Intercessors, those gifted to pray, to pray for your friends, family, team members. Don't do it alone, people of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're going to pray. We're going to receive the offering, so we're going to ask the ushers to come down as well and be ready for that. But as they come with the offering basket, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. I'm not even going to ask if you're going through warfare, because I know we are. To say you're not going through it, you're just in the height of not knowing. But after this morning, you can no longer be ignorant, because the fight is real. And so as you bow your heads, as you bow your heads, are we ready? Hallelujah. If you can just play a sound in the back for me, please. Uh, Brother Francis, or, or my minister, just play a music, some sound in the back. 
Hallelujah. We want to... Can we bring that box as well down? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Are we ready? Just bow your heads. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word that's gone forth. We thank you that in this climate, we can sense there's a shift around the globe. There's a demand. There's pressure on every side. There's all kinds of trouble taking place in this house and that house, my house, your house. Lord, we pray for your wisdom. We pray for your guidance. We pray that we will not be left rudderless. You are the captain of our ship. You are the way maker, the burden bearer, the lifter up of our heads. And we know that our help comes from you. The psalmist says, I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Know that my help cometh from the Lord. The sun would not smite us by day, nor the moon by night. Lord, you shall preserve our soul forevermore. Lord, watch over your people today. Let this word not just be a word that just goes through one ear and the other, but Lord, that we'll be able to apply it and appropriate it to our lives, that as we walk this walk, we would rehearse this word in our ears, we would order the CD, we can do whatever is necessary, the notes that we've taken throughout the sermon. We pray, God, that you'd help us to really be in tune with what it is that you're doing for us in this season, this hour, that we'll be truly transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove that which is good and that which is acceptable and that which is the perfect will of God. As we receive this offering this morning, we bless it, sanctify it. Thank you for every giver. Thank you for every steward who watches over this finance. Thank you, Father, for blessings upon the lives of your people as they've given and as they will give this morning. We thank you for the blessings of God that maketh rich and that is no sorrow. And we give you praise and thanks. And even as we leave from here today, we go in strength, we go in understanding, we go with wisdom, we go with knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. The usher will lead you from the back down the aisle to my right, to your left as you go back to your seats. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah.